Industry Pods and Evergreen Podcast Network are pleased to present the following podcast. This content is for informational purposes only. You should not construe any such information or other material as legal, tax, investment, financial or other advice. Nothing contained on here constitutes a solicitation, recommendation, endorsement or offer by Draper Goran Holm or any third-party service provider to buy or sell any securities or other financial instruments whatsoever. Hey everyone, it is me. We are here. Uh, we, Joseph is here too. Say hi, Joseph. Hey, what's up? Boom, boom, boom. We're recording. Good morning, everyone. Hey, everyone. Hey, everyone. Hey, everyone. Hey, everyone. I am recording this on the computer now. Hey, everyone. Hey, everyone. Hey, everyone. Hey, everyone. Boom. All right. It says it's recording. Boom. 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 I am apparently recording. The entire bottle of control. They're all exactly the same. Crypto art. And then what it really is, is an NFT. Wow. How do you want to slap the bag? So this is the next best thing. DeFi is going to be a bubble. It's provably scarce. With Mad Dog. Crypto, gold, and silver. Transparent substance. Take my money, start a war with it. Without further ado. Cheers to you, brother. Get shit done. Because the system has to collapse before then. Cheers, I feel much better now. Cheers. (laughs) Wow, that was heavy. Boom. Cheers. Welcome to Blockchain Booth number 124. We're 124 weeks into this craziness. And this, this is going to be a fun one because uh, we've got Mosin back. Uh, all you guys probably remember him, um, but we'll, we'll, we'll get back on that. And we've got Sanjay joining us today from Roofstock, which uh, is, is very exciting as well. And we're going to get to know him. But before we jump in, let me remind everyone that if you're on the Lunar Crush stream or listening to us on blockchain radio, or on YouTube, or wherever the heck you are. If you go to meet.blockchainbooth.io, you can jump into the chat. You could hang out with us. Um, if you haven't been back there for a while, you'll have to re-register on our new system, which should have all of its bugs fixed. So report them to me if, uh, if uh, you run into any hiccups. I already see Adele backstage saying hi to Mosin. Uh, what's up, Adele? It's been a little while since you were uh, back here. So... Uh, What's happening, man? Um, so we've got Sanjay. Uh, you're our. Uh, this is your first time on the show. Uh, our guest. Can you? I would love for you to introduce yourself and tell us uh, a little background on Roofstock. Yeah, thank you, Alan, and thanks for having me. Uh, it's uh, it's an honor and pleasure to be here. Um, so Roofstock itself, um, founded in 2015 as a single-family uh, uh, rental uh, marketplace. And then over time, we sort of built uh, expertise around serving both retail and institutional customers. Um, today, we have a fully vertically integrated uh, SFR platform where retail investors can buy and sell individual homes and as well as large institutions can come and ask us to uh, you know, find properties and manage, uh, you know, do a full service management for them. We have about 16,000 properties we manage nationally today for, for our institutional investors company was most recently um, uh, went through Series E uh, with SoftBank funding us uh, as a lead on that. Uh, but otherwise, the company is backed by all the big VC firms in the Valley, uh, Kosla, Bain, Lightspeed, etc. Um, at the beginning of uh, or towards the end of last year, the board uh, and our uh, leadership team wanted to see if there was a real use case for real estate in, uh, in blockchain. And the promise has always been that an asset class this big, just single family rentals in the US is $4 trillion. It's about 20 million units. Um, an asset class this big still goes through a very archaic process, which involves uh, buyer's agent, a seller's agent, title companies, escrow, note, you know, notary publics. Uh, by the time you, you know, it's about three weeks or so to close a transaction. And when you add all the costs for a $200,000 property in the, Southeast uh, between commissions and uh, closing costs and opportunity costs and all that, that could be $20,000. So it could be like 10% of the value of your property. So, uh, you know, it seemed like there was something blockchain could do to simplify this process radically. 
that's always been the promise. And uh, I'm glad to announce today that we have uh, actually found a way to make this radically simple uh, and very cost-effective as well. Um, in fact, our first uh, Genesis, proper, Genesis property is uh, on OpenSea today, and people can go and look at it. So this is built oh, on cool. ERC-721. Yeah, I'll share the details later. Is that, is that why you're asking me for my ETH address before we came live and sent me some real estate? Well, I, I was, I'll, I'll I, take that one. <laughs> I, I was going to say alone that uh, we are already uh, bronze sponsors for the LA Blockchain Summit. But if you were oh, to play already today, we might upgrade to silver or gold. All right, we can do it. We can do a trade. I'll, I'll call up Joseph. Say, how, how would you like some some real estate? See, normally, so this is so funny. Um, we, we, we've done the event for years, right? This is the ninth uh, LA Blockchain Summit. And so many, you know, especially when we were getting started and we didn't have the capital, you know, uh, and we were so desperate to close the next sponsor and close the next sponsor. And then all of these companies would come to us and be like, hey, we want to give you our token instead of paying. We want to give you this instead of paying. We want to do this. Nobody ever came to us and said, we'll give you some real estate, right? Like <laughs> it was always, you know, this random altcoin number 500, you know, and, and we'd have to take it, take a bet. Uh, that, that's pretty, that's pretty amazing. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about it afterwards. Well, absolutely. Um, and, you know, I've yeah. just, uh, over time kind of become more and more uh, intrigued with Web3 and DeFi and just everything else. And, you know, I'm basically now a, a total believer and uh, recently also joined as an advisor for Pudgy Penguins, which is a really fun NFT collection. So um, nice. Wait, what's it called? What penguins? Uh, Pudgy Penguins. Pudgy Penguins. Yeah. Nice. OK. It was really, really funny. I was on a call with somebody the other day, and this is not to talk anything about Pudgy Penguins because uh, I, I want to check them out. Um but there was really something, as I said, something like lazy lions, bored apes, you know, like I, I was joking around about it and somebody said something, I forgot what it was. And they called it like, you know, like patient pandas or something. They threw something like that out. I don't remember what it was. It was, I don't even think it was pandas. It was maybe like koalas or something, whatever it was. They threw something out while I was on the call. I Googled it and it was a real collection. And they, in their minds, at least thought that they were making something up completely. <laughs> and it was pretty, it was pretty funny. Um, that's, uh, that's pretty fun. Before we dive in, uh, and talk more details about the, uh, the, um, the Roofstock, um, NFTs, um, Mosin, introduce yourself, reintroduce yourself to the blockchain boost community and, uh, tell us a little bit about a crew. Yeah, I can't believe 124 episodes and you're still, you still got technical glitches that you're trying to fix. I recall one of the well, first ones switched, where we to switched. Fair, we, to be fair, so like the blockchain booze community gets rewarded, right? Like they got the Decentraland punk ape strong hats, uh, drop all sorts of NFTs. We do fun stuff though. You know, the regulars will for sure be at LA Blockchain Summit with us and, and you know, all that fun stuff. But at the same time, we kind of get to use the blockchain booze uh, platform to beta test things for our big events, right? So it's we true. wanted to have a new platform for uh, the the big events. Crispin, dude, I'll, I'll hit me up. I'll send you a, a punk ape strong wearable if if you don't have one yet. <laughs> um, yeah, he said, "Wait, I missed the hat drop. That was months ago." Um, I haven't talked about it enough. Hold on. Let's see if I, I have it here. I thought I had a picture of it somewhere. See here. No. So I, I oh, nice. You yeah. See, so I remember that, that BAHC hat board, ape hardcore hat. That's a uh, punk ape strong's, uh, logo from his guitar. And, uh, that was dropped to all the people who, uh, who gave us their ETH addresses at the time. Um, and, uh, uh, yeah, Ben, the new system beeps when there's new messages. I have no idea. I think there's a way to turn it off, but I'll figure it out after the call. We'll tech support it later. Um, so that's not half as bad as half the people showing up on Zoom and the other half showing up on Remo. That was very, very, well, very the, first, the first week or two, we kind of realized, that, oh, nobody, <laughs> nobody types in blockchainbooze.io anymore. They just, all the regulars are used to the Remo system. So uh, I put a bunch of messages on Remo telling people come to the new system. But what I was getting at is that 
we spend so much money every single year for each of our events to have a virtual system so people can do the networking, so people can watch the live stream, they can do all these things. And we hate every system we've ever used because it's not customized for us, right? It's customized for, you know, whoever made it for, you know, mainstream events 10 years ago. Like they're all really, really old. They're not really virtual event kind of uh uh, modern I've attended system. all your virtual events for the last two years at least, right? I know you guys do a kick-ass job at it. There's, there's no question about it. But so, so we, we now have our own system. So by the time LA Blockchain Summit comes around, it's going to be even more exciting. Uh, nice. I think. Yeah, nice. it's going to be great. Well, Mosin, go, go. We totally <laughs> so, uh, derailed it. For, <laughs> for those of you who don't know me, my name is Mosin Masood. I'm the founder and CEO for a crew. Uh, what we do at Accru, we, we make the exclusive inclusive. We slice and dice larger commercial real estate assets into uh, $1,000 shares, and we let people buy, sell, and trade those on our platform. We do it in a very compliant way where we enable liquidity, and we let people invest with as little as 1000 bucks. So that's what Accru is, and we, we help you build your real estate portfolio and, and get into this major institutional asset class. And, yeah, that's it. Love it. I don't have a fancy long spiel like Sanjay. Oh. <laughs> Well, it's my first time, man. You've been around, so everybody already knows you. So, you know, I, I, I love this because Sanjay Roofstock is, uh, is doing it, right? And yep. there's not many, you know, I think that when I, when I first met Mosin, I said, you know, real estate crowdfunding is, is probably the only crowdfunding segment that really worked, right, um, on a large scale. There's, there's obviously some examples of companies who have crowdfunded and some certain campaigns and things like that, whatever. But when we talk about investment crowdfunding, owning a piece of something, the easiest one to explain and the one that makes the most sense category-wise is, is real estate, right? If I explain to my mom that she owns a sliver or a portion of, uh, of <laughs> I said I love it, which everyone in the chat reminded me means you take a sip of your drink every time I say I love it. Um, I won't because I say I love it a lot, which I just said again. Go ahead, one more. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, but um, getting back to it, if I explain to my mom that, hey, you know that, uh, that Starbucks, the building that the Starbucks is in that you walk to with your friends every single morning, you guys get coffee, you sit there for an hour, and then you walk home. And it's like your your daily routine now that you're retired and all that fun stuff. If I could tell you, you could buy a $1,000 portion of that building, she would understand it very easily. Unless a startup is one of her son's startups, or something like that, there's zero chance she's going to discover it on the internet and write a check or or put in her details, right? But there's a chance she can under, she, at least she understands what's being sold to her when, when it comes to real estate with crowdfunding. So I'm, I'm excited to have you on Sanjay because Roofstock is one of the few um, very successful sort of crowdfunding online investment. And I, using the word crowdfunding, maybe, maybe uh, isn't always the best term, but. You're offending me there, my friend. You're offending me. That's not right. That's not, that's the simplest Wait, piece of what we do. I'm talking about pre, pre web three, pre blockchain. Um, Roofstock's been around for a bit, right? And, and I think oh, they're true. a great example of, hey, this can be done now with blockchain. How can this be optimized? How can this be made better, right? And, and I think that a crew is doing that, right? But I, I'd love to hear from your perspective, you know, being the techie blockchain guy who's, who's coming into Roofstock, how you believe it's going to change. Yeah, so, I mean, <clears throat> the, the first thing Roofstock did when we mm-hmm. was allow people to buy properties uh, in remote markets, right? Because, um, you know, if you're in California and you're looking to buy a property in Atlanta, there's just no easy way for you to write a property there, have the kind of boots on the ground to figure out what needs to happen, manage it for you, um, the purchase, and then what happens after the purchase. Um, So the first kind of version of Roofstock was to simply allow people to easily buy remote properties. But the, the actual process of buying the property itself still goes through the same exact process it's gone through for decades Right, where you you know you have a buyer's agent, a seller's agent, and all the kind of normal processes and uh, 
there's probably like half a dozen or a dozen different intermediaries involved in the transaction. It takes weeks to close. With blockchain, why it becomes really interesting is because uh, in the way we are looking at solving this problem is we're dropping the title to a property into a single-purpose limited liability company. And there's a single membership interest issued against that, which essentially gets tied to an NFT. So when the NFT trades in a in an NFT marketplace, right? So that can be OpenSea, Lookswear, wherever. How, essentially, yeah. the, the transfer of that NFT is, in, in essence, uh, affecting the uh, transfer of the sole membership interest of an LLC. Therefore, in and we've done 50-state analysis on state and local taxation and you know whether this is permissible or not, et cetera. In a lot of the states, we can actually do this transaction on the blockchain. And essentially, with that conveyance of that token going from one wallet to another, it's an instruction to change the uncertificated ownership interest from, you know, Mosin to me, right, for example. And so that essentially, like if you have ETH or USDC in your wallet, you could now buy, you can buy a single family home. So essentially the time it takes to validate the transaction. What, what, yeah. And what is, uh, what is the NFT? Is it buying the whole home? Is it buying a, an interest in it? So this particular product is is basically buying the whole whole home, and it, all it's trying to do is the simplify the traditional process by which somebody buys or sells an investment property, and reduce the cost associated with doing that. We do have a fractional product uh, which we built. Uh, it's a real estate investment trust where you can buy shares against a small pool of single family homes. Uh, we have not yet put that on the blockchain. Um, yeah. Clearly, that offering is in the securities world. Uh, but with this particular offering, we wanted it to be something accessible to non-accredited investors, right? We wanted people to be able to just go to an NFT marketplace and buy a property. So yeah, the, the REIT so, sounds like something perfect that should be uh, listed on crew. Um, but uh, but where? So I, I'm still the single-family home. If I buy the NFT on OpenSea, I'm assuming in the in the fine print or in the metadata of the NFT, it still says subject to me contacting Roofstock or being contacted by Roofstock and giving my details and all that stuff. So I can't anonymously buy a home in the United States. So, right? so it's correct that you cannot anonymously buy the home. Uh, what we've done is we've taken the standard Open Zeppelin 720, 721 implementation. Yeah. And in the before transfer function, we've added a couple of calls. So one is obviously the, the token has to be in a sellable state because there is a real world asset behind the scenes. So, you, you know, it, you need to know that property taxes have been paid, insurance is current, and, you know, if there's, uh, you might need a recent property inspection. So you need to be able to surface all this data to the seller and the buyer. So there's no information asymmetry between the two of them. And then secondly, uh, because you are, in fact, buying an LLC interest and there's a real estate asset behind that, you do have to be uh, identified, you know, KYC. So we have an allow list smart contract and people can get into the allow list smart contract. Once they are in that, then you can buy the uh, on OpenSea and you don't have to call us back afterwards. Ah, so, so if I went to go buy it today, since I haven't been on the allow list, I would get a failed transaction. You or... basically get a failed transaction. Exactly. Yeah, so... Yeah. But if you pre-register, uh, then you could buy it on OpenSea. You could buy it anywhere. That's interesting. I've never seen anyone do it that way. Normally, you pre-register and you go um, onto a crew or you go onto a, a platform. This is an interesting way. So you discover it maybe on OpenSea. You might want to buy it. You might realize you might try to buy it and fail because the transaction failed. And then you could go to to Roofstock, KYC, do all that stuff. Um, exactly, exactly. And on the description, we'll have links to where you can go to get the KYC done. Um, we're going to be integrating with Jumio, which will do an ID verification and make sure you are who you are and all that. Um, this information is required by law, so we can yeah. just, you know. Somebody somebody did some like an NFT, um, and I think it was, uh, uh, it was definitely a publicity stunt, hoping that they would sell a home. And it so happened that the home was in uh, Thousand Oaks, California, which is where I live um, in the city. I went, I went to Thousand Oaks High School and, you know, like it's, it was, it's in my city. And I saw the NFT and it was for a house. And, you know, essentially 
they they basically said, you know, you're still going to have to do all the paperwork and this isn't actually you buying the house. But right. I mean, this is... Like, it was more like redeemable, I guess. You could buy that NFT and then actually redeem it for the... Exactly, uh, I think is the way they they looked at it. Um, but, you know, I remember even at the time, the house wasn't the best... Uh, I shouldn't say in the best area. Like, there's not really bad areas in this you know, in this area, but it was uh, a little overpriced. And I think they were just hoping some, some, you know, dude is going to flip an ape and buy, <laughs> buy, <laughs> buy it, which, you know, to me is, is an interesting idea. I've talked to Mosin about this a lot, right? Like my dream is that we create this, this culture and this, this vibe. Like I don't want everyone to just go from shit coin to shit coin buy buy random NFTs. They don't, you know, they don't uh, uh, feel passionate about, but flip it for something. But let's say you do sell one of your world of women and you end up with, I don't know, $10,000 or whatever, uh, uh, whatever it's worth. And you go, okay, maybe I put $5,000 of that in my savings account or I go and buy another NFT with it. Where do I put the other $5,000? Like real estate is a great place to put it, right? And I'd love to create that culture of let's now flip it, flip a portion of this into some real assets, into some, some things like that. And that's why I was so excited, you know, when Mosin talked about potentially, you know, taking USDC or ETH into, into some of these assets on, on the platform. Um, Mosin, how, how is that going? I know that there's some, some evolution of the platform and the assets on the platform. What's new there? Yeah, so, you, you know, you talked about a Starbucks. We've, we've got a neighborhood Starbucks going on the platform uh, on August 24th, I believe it goes live. Um, yeah, yeah. We've got about 40 some million dollars worth of assets going live uh, on the platform between August and September, which includes an apartment building that includes uh, a Marriott at Purdue that includes um, a, a Starbucks uh, retail strip center, uh, medical office building, uh, you know, the whole nine yards. So getting some, great assets on there. And, you know, unlike having to buy a whole asset for a couple hundred thousand dollars and actually save that few thousand dollars and spend it into, uh, into a fractional piece with a thousand dollars to pop too. Um, but, you know, we, uh, it, looking at the real estate market, it's it, and looking at where people are today from a capital markets perspective and, and where uh, your S&P 500 is versus Bitcoin and Ethereum or since the beginning of the year, uh, and where uh, in general uh, returns on investments are, people are really looking at the alternative investment space. And what used to be Bitcoin is now, no, wait, that doesn't really work because we're down, what, 60% since the beginning of the year. Uh, we, we need something that's going to be a little bit more tangible. And so real estate is working out well. We're up to 44,000 users on the platform. And so that's don't let Tim hear that you said Bitcoin is no longer the uh, investment. Yeah. So it's not not the alternative investment of choice is is is, is what the uh, differential is, right? So uh, it's with not that it's not who are, who, with with people who aren't necessarily correct. No, I'm just kidding. I was just messing <laughs> with you. Now. I'm I'm a huge fan. You know, see, I'm I love the reason I love Bitcoin. The reason why I love Ethereum and Tezos and all of these crazy alternatives is that. I don't necessarily believe in uh, in the government-backed uh, stuff, right? Um, or at least these these things that are so so dependent on that. And I think real estate is something everyone can kind of agree upon and feel good about because even when real estate goes down, it, it's um, it's real, it's tangible, it's something it's, that, that it's you can tangible, it's re it's yeah. real, right? Like, and uh, I can I can still live in my home whether it's worth one dollar or a million dollars. I still have that value, um, and uh, and and that's exciting. So um, you know, I'm I I would never uh, you know I hey, I, I would love to have more exposure to real estate. I would also love to have more exposure to Bitcoin. So, <laughs> And one kind of interesting thing about real estate, right, is if you look at the 2008 crisis when property prices declined for a few years considerably, people still needed a place to live. So the rental, you know, rental market was still doing fine. People were renting homes. Um, and now we've, and of course, since then, property prices rebounded. And in the last couple of years, they've kind of had unprecedented growth. But even when you look at the COVID, uh, you know, a couple of years, so 
you know, just in the last 15 years, we've now gone through two kind of stress tests on the real estate asset class. And yes, there's temporary dips in property values and all that. But, you know, if you're looking at a longer term horizon, five to 10 years, it bounces back. And it is an inflation hedge because value goes up over time, but also rents increase year over year. So uh, I mean, it, it, it like follows having, inflation yeah. too. So right. So exactly. You know, uh, and and like uh, David just posted in the chat, he said he's only went to 2020. He said Bitcoin's uh, doubled since 2020. I'd say go back five or ten years, just like uh, Sanjay's talking about real estate. I think you'd be very happy. Um, uh, so so I think I think the moral of the story is uh, collect stack more real estate and more Bitcoin. Um, Absolutely. Diversify. Don't 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 get stuck to one side, whether it's diversify. Have both of those assets. That's right. Yep. No other. Absolutely. And this is Uh, not investment advice. Yeah, the disclaimer already played, but we can go back. Isn't that playing at the bottom as well? Oh, no, that's not what's playing at the bottom. Yeah, no investment Uh, conversation. (laughs) Uh, I can add. This is funny. If you if I look at this in the in the stream yard where I have all of the different things, I have all of a bunch of old um, uh, tickers and, and signs and things like that. And um, one of them says this, I don't even remember what this is from, but it's SEC changes accredited investor rules, um, which is pretty great. I think I had, um, I think I had uh, Andrew Dix on once and he is the master of asking all of those kind of questions. I don't know if, if you guys, I think you guys know Andrew Dix, but for everyone listening, he is the um, the founder of Crowdfund Insider and Crowded Media Group, and he's just the dude that if you you have any question related to any sort of SEC rules related to crowdfunding or credit investors and things like that, he not only knows the scoop, but he knows the the dirt on which politicians endorsed it, which politicians were against it. He knows which SEC advisors are the ones you need to talk to. He is the master, so we probably had him on. But speaking of that, um, you know, I'd like to hear from both of you. Are your platforms specifically for accredited investors? Can non-accredited investors participate? Sanjay, you mentioned not accredited on the NFT, but but what's the general idea behind your platforms? Are most uh, assets for everyone? Yeah, so uh, I can start most, most in right on the NFT platform. We wanted to steer clear of securities because. Uh, I think, you know, securities are already complex enough to begin with. And then once you add uh, tokenized securities and, you know, just the increased uh, uh, the enforcement that's going on right now in the current climate, we, we didn't want to be part of, you know, going through that process, trying to explain why tokenized real estate is, you know, the same as any other kind of securities program and why it should be treated the same, et cetera. And, and just the uh, if we had to sort of uh, only allow AIs to get in at dust restrict where we can sell it, we would never be able to distribute it on NFT platforms. So we carefully spent the last nine months coming up with a program that, uh, you know, should not uh, be treated as securities under U.S. Uh, securities laws, at least. That allows us to, that gives us the freedom to really sell this like real estate. Um, because if you're buying a property today, right, if it's a $200,000 property you're buying, Nobody's asking to see if you understand what the risks are in property and, ownership and all and of that. And the funny thing is that I don't think anyone would argue that it's necessary. Right? Exactly. Like, right. It's it's a made up arbitrary thing to begin with. But um, somebody wants to invest a thousand dollars on Mosin's platform, they have to go through, you know, yeah. full AI verification. You're Which doing is, a five oh six C and you're checking their income, their assets, and all of this. It's, so, it's AI verification times two, because if you're a robot, you're not allowed in either. <laughs> so, yeah, that's so, your KYC, no, right? No monkeys behind there. That's right. So, yeah, so from our perspective, I mean, the REIT is, is a securities product. It is subject to uh, accreditation. Yeah. Uh, but this product, we specifically wanted to uh, allow it to be, you know, traded like any other real estate asset, traded on NFT platforms. So we've designed it specifically I mean, looking at, we can go into all the details, but, you know, it all starts with the Howie test, as you guys are aware of. But then from there, we've looked at all the other tests like Williamson, Williamson v. Tucker and uh, Reeves and et cetera, et cetera, and really built out a very carefully constructed argument. At, and we have memo level com- comfort from a couple of different law firms 
as to why this is not a security. So that's, you know, that's been our uh, goal here. Uh, Mohsin, I'll let you, you know, yeah. it's obviously a different beast, but. Uh, Absolutely. We said regulation first. We, we, we want to go for compliance. We, we, we want to fractionalize wow. it down to uh, an affordable piece, uh, not something that's so large that only a few can purchase it. And it's, it's, uh, it, it's only in name that, you know, it's affordable by, uh, by non-accredited investors. Um, when we're breaking it down to $1,000, uh, the average investment on our pl- platform is about $9,600 per investor. Um, the, the, the segment within accredited investors that we focus is the working class, the people who are out there uh, working nine to five jobs, husband and wife, who qualifies an accredited investor based on their income threshold, right? So uh, any one of our households where both the uh, uh, both, both partners are earning uh, to a point where they get beyond that uh, $300,000 threshold, right? And that's what qualifies them as an accredited investor. Yeah. Not the fact that they have a million dollars worth of net worth, not because they have well, well, any additional like debt, debt cancels that out. And I learned very early on that like most acc- accredited investors, angel investors and in startups and things like that probably wouldn't qualify as accredited investors in the actual sense of the word and on these online investment platforms because they have debt, because they leverage what they have to buy more and make investments, right? They go, okay, I might own a million dollar property or something like that, but I'm gonna make a $50,000 investment in that startup, the $50,000 investment in 10 other startups. And all of a sudden, the, the debt that they took to make those other investments cancel it out. And if they actually went to get accredited on one of these platforms, they failed the test. Right. Yep. And it's 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 pretty funny and pretty interesting to kind of once you realize that it's kind of like one of those lessons I learned. I sold Amazon stock that I had working at Amazon to buy my condo that I live in. And at the time, you know, I felt bad selling the stock, but I wanted my monthly payment below a certain price. So I sold the stock. And afterwards, every investor I spoke to when I was launching my own startup was like, why don't you just borrow against your stock? I had no idea that was even available, right? Because the average person, I was raised by immigrants who owned an auto parts shop, right? Like, how would I know that I could borrow against that asset? I didn't even know, I didn't even know the word asset at the time, right? Like, what does that even mean, right? So, and if you don't grow up that way, you don't know, right? And, uh, and I think that, the accredited investor rules kind of also fit in that in that balance because you kind of think about it for the most cases, very wealthy people or whatever, but even the wealthy people, most wealthy people, you know, don't don't even qualify as an accredited investor. Yep. Unless Absolutely. unless they're a family that has, you know, uh, uh, a couple, you know, good, you know, high paying jobs, right? But but that's it. Yeah. Well, you're li- living very close to the poverty line in San Fran. If you're uh, if you're an accredited investor as as a household of two, I can guarantee you that one hundred ten thousand dollars is below the poverty line in San Fran, right? So uh, it, it, they're pretty decent like, as long as you're decently paid. And, but person. at least it's a clean and beautiful city with with yeah. no problems in their and politics. No homeless people state. whatsoever either, right? <laughs> but I think the uh, the specific test motion is is a million dollars of net worth outside of your primary residence, which yeah. means, you know, when you're looking at network, that's assets, less liabilities. It's very hard to figure out what somebody's liabilities are unless they tell you about it openly. So that test is in fact, like, unless you can show well, up. For the online, but so no, Sanjay, there's actually four. The, the liability four. lies on the platform. So yeah, absolutely. It used to be, if I was a startup and I would go, Sanjay, invest in my company. As long as you signed the document and you said, I agree, I'm an accredited investor. Nobody gives a crap, right? That's right. But when they change the rules and laws for uh, regulation crowdfunding and Reg CF, uh, which is Reg CF and Reg A plus and all those things, they put the liability uh, on the startup who's fundraising. And so if I'm a startup and Sanjay, you tell me, I'm an accredited investor. Here's my $25,000 angel investment in your company. If two years from now, you tell me, you know, I wasn't an accredited investor. I demand my money back. It's on the company to give the money back or go bankrupt to having to provide it. That's right, because it's a right of recession to all investors, in fact, because hundred uh, percent. Yeah. 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 And and that's and that's totally, totally messed up. 
Yeah, I know. Uh, reggae plus. Uh, every time the chat is uh, saying reggae, like like the music. Um, I I agree. Yeah. No. Look. Ray, uh, that would be way more fun. Um, but <laughs> no, with but, the accredited uh, investors, yeah. you, it's not just the net worth, right? It's also uh, the income that you earn, you could qualify based on oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the licensing that you have. Absolutely. So all of that plays into it. And, I, and honestly, well, no, the that, average- but that even makes it more offensive, not to derail, but like it basically when you say, oh, you can be an accredited investor if you passed a test or were sophisticated <laughs> enough. It's like, oh, so if I'm not rich, I'm fucking stupid. I, that's nice. <laughs> like, that, it's, it's like the most offensive thing the government could have done, right? Like, well, there, like, there's certain hey, exceptions. It's like, it's like uh, hey, if, uh, if you can pass this math test, we'll allow you in our casino, is basically what they're saying. Uh, and by the way, if you want to create generational wealth and create the American dream that we've talked about and learned about, at least in my family and other families who were immigrants and came to this country, you know, uh, you better pass that math test because only, the only people in this casino are the ones who create that wealth, right? It's hey, really when- messed up. It's we really, can only really really work with the regulations that are there, right? So when, yeah. when you say regulations first, you got to work with what, what's there. And for all those people who are, who are talking about reggae, absolutely. It's just a longer registration process. And with the way that we're working through FINRA and with the SEC, we expect to open up to retail investors, non-accredited investors, early next year. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's, that's, that's the end goal. If this is the hardship that we had to incur to open up and democratize this space for everyone else, we're willing to go through this and we're willing to, to uh, kind of uh, kind of live it out while it's it, it's tough on us. But that's the end goal. We want to democratize commercial real estate as our tagline is. We're all about making the exclusive inclusive. We want everyone to be a part of it. You know, we don't want it to be just just the top 0.5 percent or the top one percent. Not just all the Alans out there should be able to own the real estate that they want. <laughs> you know, common folk like me and Sanjay should be able to have a piece this of it. Too. Is the only real estate I own. Full disclosure. Um, just saying. Um, uh, but uh, but I wish it wasn't. I mean, actually, I might own a sliver or two on various real estate crowdfunding sites that I've tested over the years. Um, and- I, I, I'm forgetting whether you own something on, on a crew or not. I, I know you have an account there. I have an account remember. on a crew. I have an account on a crew. You know what? I was waiting for the moment I could flip some NFTs into some real estate. That's true. That right. <laughs> I'm waiting for the tweet. That's all I'm waiting but, uh, That's all on Fendra. I'm going to blame it on Fendra. <laughs> we can't wait to flip the switch on it. You can't imagine the kind of stuff we yeah. go through with the regulators on a lot of that stuff. I, I, yeah, unfortunately, I, I feel for you, Mohsen, because... <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't know how many of the listeners know this, but the uh, FINRA has not approved any special purpose broker dealer licenses. Therefore, no broker dealer can actually custody a digital asset. So you're creating all these workarounds just to allow people with digital assets to transfer and trade on a secondary platform by inserting a custodian, a transfer agent, and all these other intermediaries, right? And and yes, by the time, you know, there's new regulations, hopefully over time, Mosin, you won't have to deal with all this kind of complexity yeah. that's over and above what's required for normal stock uh, secondary trading. But at least for now, you're kind of stuck in this world where you have to make do with what you have, right? You know, there's, yeah, a lot the of hoo-ha. there's a lot of hoo-ha about TAs and other folks wanting to get involved in, in the transaction because they want to make themselves relevant. That's not the case. I can tell you directly, FINRA to date has never asked us to employ a transfer agent in any of our offerings or for any of the secondary market trading that, that we have. In well, the you, you that's the easiest reg- license to right. get as well. Uh, if you're doing Reggae Plus, then then it is a requirement to have a TA. But for, for a registered reg- offering, yeah, for, yeah, for a registered offering, you, 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 you will that's need right. a TA. Otherwise, we, yeah. uh, that, that's not the case. Yeah, yeah it's, it's fun. Yeah, and, and that's, that's the funny thing is when it's uh, when it's for non-accredited investors, or when you try to do it in that registered way, there's all these extra things. It's why it's way more expensive for companies to go public, right? And it's why it's it's this whole industry, and why crypto even really exists, right? Like, why does a DAO exist? Because if creating an LLC and sh- giving everyone who want you want to give shares to was super easy, then a DAO wouldn't need to exist, right? Um, and, and, and all of these, all of these products, but it's, you know, I, I'm really excited for, for, for this future. I, I think, I think it's huge. 
Um, so, so the answer is uh, on a crew, uh, just to go back to, to what I was asking before, on a crew, you have to be an accredited investor for now. Hopefully by early next year, we'll, uh, we'll be able to be, uh, um, all of us will be able to participate. On um, Roofstock, there are some offerings for non-accredited investors, but, but, but those REITs and those other things, the fractional pieces are for accredited only, right? Fractional is, is done under Regulation D, so it happens yeah. to be accredited. Yeah, um, there was a question actually asking what D, but that means it's a Reg D uh, 506C is basically. 506C, yes. Right? Uh, just yep. so everyone knows. That basically means it's for accredited investors only. And uh, to see the really intimate details of the transaction, you have to at least self-accredit yourself before you log into a system and see all the... the you, you can see the see the assets by just uh, attesting that you are accredited, but before you actually complete a transaction, um, you will have to go through a verification. Uh, I mean, even with the REIT, we did some innovation because, uh, you know, the REITs, uh, otherwise in the market, when you go in and buy uh, shares of a REIT, you kind of buy shares of a little piece of every property that REIT owns. Um, we created an innovative layer through some financial engineering to essentially package the cash flows of specific properties. So we would take like eight or 10 properties in Atlanta or Birmingham and say, here's a little pool within this REIT that you're buying into. So we could you know, basically allocate cash flows for those 10 properties to the investors who kind of bought that sliver. So that's that's some innovation we added on our REIT that didn't exist before, um, but otherwise it is yeah b- because it is a REIT it's a fractional ownership program it is a securities uh, offering. And, and at the uh, end of the day, some folks are asking on both platforms what are the minimum investments? Yeah, you uh, can invest with as little as a thousand bucks, right? So you're, you're you're in with as little as you want, and the largest investor on our platform has two hundred seventy five thousand dollars on there. So in a single asset, so you know yeah. you, you pick and choose. So you, you can go buy that NFT for two for two hundred thousand or one hundred fifty thousand, that's three hundred thousand dollars as well. Sorry, Sanjay, not not oh, making yeah. <laughs> On our REIT, uh, we our minimum investment is five thousand dollars, and that can be uh, allocated amongst numerous uh, of these little uh, bundles that we talked about. Uh, with the NFT program, you know it's built to basically simplify the process of traditional home purchases, right? You want, we want to make it cheaper, faster, easier. And then the ultimate goal for us there is to, you know, unlock DeFi lending if we, you know, can get it there in the next several months. Because, you know, when you think about it, the thing that pains me the most is, like, you want to get a loan on a rental property today, you have to go to your traditional lender, right? And they're underwriting you to Fannie Mae's standards. And Fannie Mae puts a limit on how many income properties you can own and what debt-to-income ratio you have to have. And what credit scores you have to have and all of this stuff. And they're all, they're doing all this because they need to take that package it and sell it uh, to Fannie Mae for securitization. But, you know, we've, we've seen really beautiful and elegant examples of DeFi lending, even though I'll, I'll say this version one of compound and Awe and Maple finance and all of these, they were all crypto lending to crypto. Right. But if you look at the concept, the fundamental concept, where you don't need a loan servicer, you don't need a yeah. loan originator, you don't need any of these intermediaries. You have the, a real asset. Yeah. So why should you know you not have lending for real assets through DeFi? And if you eliminated all these intermediaries, can you not shave off 200 basis points on the cost of the loan, right? Why, why pay 6 7% for uh, an asset that's backed by real estate, which is very stable, not volatile at all, preserves its value, when you should be able to get a cheaper loan. And if there's none of these intermediaries and rent seekers involved, it should be a lot easier. That's the next challenge we want to solve. Like we've now done the tokenization of the property and we've come up with the legal argument for why that works. And the next step is to um, do DeFi lending. We have worked out how to actually take your NFT as collateral and you know give that to a DeFi lending vault and how that actually gets you perfection of lean interest as a lender. So we've worked out the legal aspects of it. We just now need to find the capital and marry it and create a protocol around it. So that's our next that's, step. That's exciting. Yeah, I think the idea, you know, I, you know I've, I've talked to Mosin about this, right? Like it's not hard if you own crypto, right? 
Bitcoin. We talked about Bitcoin. It's not hard to deposit Bitcoin into Aave, deposit it into uh, Compound, deposit it into Nexo and get a loan against it. On a thing like Nexo that's centralized, you can wire money to your bank account from the from the mobile app in one click, right? And it's insane to me that as somebody who owns some real estate, that I can't simply borrow against it that easily. The way, like, you know, I, it's, it's literally today, if I deposit Bitcoin into anywhere, ETH into anywhere, um, one of the places I mentioned, I could instantly get USDC, even if it's just 50% loan to value or 25% loan to value, you know, don't, don't hit the max. If you're somebody listening and this is not financial advice, don't borrow against your, your stuff. You know, we've seen, we've seen uh, the flash crashes and the manipulation and things like that. But, you know, with something like real estate, right? Why do I have to really overthink it? Why do I have to be on the bank, on the phone with the bank for hours? Why do I have to shop the loan around 18,000 times if I want to refinance it? What if I just want to like take some cash against it for a month? Like, so I have to sit on the phone for hours and hours. I have to refinance my house. I have to do all these things that just don't make any sense, um, especially because it's the one asset I own that's the most stable. <laughs> it's not my car that could crash very easily. It's not, you know, no meteor is going to come from outer space. And by the way, it's the most well-insured asset I own too. So what, hey, what the hell? I'm, I'm going to tell you this. You can always invest 10K on a crew and then borrow up to 50% of the equity uh, through the margin uh, margin uh, lending uh, uh, uh Piece on on the accrue platform too, so if you ever need money in, in a rush and you're invested in real estate in, on the accrue platform, you can borrow against it. No, that's exactly. You don't have to what talk to lenders about it. And is the and I know you also talked about secondary trading and things like that opening up. What's the timeline on that? So it's ninety days. We already have secondary uh, market trades that are happening. Just have a ninety day cool off before that secondary market opens up. So I buy a piece of real estate, even if it's $1,000, uh, buy a, a fraction of something. After 90 days, I can list it and say I want $1,100 or I go, oh, shit, I need to put my kids through school. I need I'll sell it for $950. Like you can you can then do that. Yeah. So that's what's super unique about our platform, right? You can list it for whatever price you want. There's that eBay buy now button, which the buyer can click on and, and, uh, and buy right away. Or you can, uh, uh, people can come back and counter an offer to you. So just like with real estate, there is that price discovery piece to it. No one and just like with crypto, price. just like with yeah. NFTs, well, right? Yeah, but you, there, you know, how often are you actually uh, you're bidding up the price? But how often are you negotiating in terms of no? I, instead of you know one ETH, I'm going to give you you know 0.75. Well, or 0.75. If you if you own any you know uh, uh, like sort of blue chip NFTs or whatever, right? I, I own an ape. And every day I wake up to OpenSea offers. I'll give you this much ETH for your ape. And yep. it's always, you know, 20% below market price. But people are always offering. And every once in a while, I'll get a DM or something saying, hey, you know, I really wanted a striped shirt ape with those glasses and the whatever. Uh, were you willing to work a deal? And I just assume everyone's a scammer because, you know, yep. we're, in the, we're in that world. But but how wonderful is it that you've created that opportunity for real estate and real assets? And it's mind blowing that that didn't exist till now. It's, it, it's really exciting. Absolutely. And that's what really enables it. Right. And if you really like, back to what, where I started from, if you really need the money right away on a thousand dollar token that you purchased a year ago or 90 days ago, and today it's worth 1200 bucks, you can borrow up to 600 bucks straight off the bat. You don't have to sell it for $900. You, you have access to instant liquidity where you continue to own the uh, the asset. You continue to get the income from it as well. And you're just borrowing straight off one of the lenders on the platform with a couple of clicks. I love it. That's that's really exciting. And uh, remind us, actually, if, if anyone has um, any questions in the chat, I should tell people once we're, oh, one, you know, feel free to throw any questions in the chat at... Uh, meet.blockchainboost.io it'll redirect you to the dgh events site you could come in there ask questions whatever but you can also um uh you'll also be able to uh, turn on your camera or chat with the community when we're done also if you'd like um one of the things i was going to ask before we get uh um huh, 
That, that's actually an interesting question. I, I mean, I feel like that's the, that'll be the holy grail. That's a wonderful thing. But Crispin asks, what happens to the marketplace when there are 500,000 tokenized properties? Uh, that's beautiful for us, right? And, and that, that should be the future. So uh, uh, we, we're looking, we, we have over a billion dollars of uh, real estate in our pipeline that's um, set to go live over the next 12 months. But to put things into perspective, last year, over $594 billion worth of real estate traded hands, commercial real estate traded hands just in the United States. So we're a small sliver of it when you have $500 billion or $500 trillion worth of commercial real estate on the platform. There's nothing better than that. And I can, I can probably say the same for single family, right? There's about 20 million SFR units. These are just single family rental units. It excludes owner-occupied single family homes. And out of these 20 million, um, roughly 600,000 to 900,000 trade every year. So, you know, like if we get to 1% of the market size, the TAM, right? Like that, yeah. that would be a really good start for something. Really like exciting. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, wouldn't it be, I, to me, we're, we're in this crypto world and we're on blockchain and booze, right? So wouldn't it be so nice, right, to be able to buy your Bitcoin, buy your ETH, you know, go onto a platform and very easily buy and sell these these assets digitally, right? Like, you know, the 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 idea that there is even a headache or a you know paperwork involved in buying an asset like this yep. is is crazy in this day and age, right? Like, it it doesn't doesn't make any sense. It should be a few clicks away, and you should be able to borrow against it with one or two clicks to buy the next thing or to to do what you have to do, right? Like it's, it's, uh, and, and it's exciting that the, the future is finally happening. Um, you know, it, it's, uh, it's great. So where I was going to get to um, is, uh, you know, Sanjay and Mosin, before we leave, I would love any updates. Mosin, tell us really quickly, you mentioned that you have a lot of assets joining the platform in the next month, I think. Yep. So uh, August and September, uh, apartment building, uh, Excuse me. We've, we've got a Starbucks uh, and a Chipotle retail strip center, triple net lease, uh, which is pure cash flows for anyone who buys into it. Well, not an inv investment advice. Uh, we've got a co-working space uh, that owns the real estate that's going going on there. We've got a Marriott at Purdue that's that's going on the platform. We've got a medical office building, which is a uh, again triple net lease uh, asset. So all income-producing, stabilized assets where you're going to start seeing returns on a quarterly basis. So you'll, you'll start making money on your investment starting the first, you know, 90 odd days. Uh, and, and that's what's going on on the platform right away. You know, in, in, in the future pipeline, we've got some, you know, 400 unit uh, apartment complexes, some uh, uh, light industrial buildings. We, we've got some uh, larger retail uh, centers, including uh, flagship stores like Kroger's or Walmart's and Home Depot's uh, that are, lined up to go on the platform as well. So assets uh, everywhere from uh, parking lots, uh, parking uh, lots in Manhattan, which are going on the platform. So some really fun assets and then some really sexy assets in terms of these cutting edge developments in Miami at, you know, just uh, 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 at, uh, in South Beach, uh, in, in Brickell, we have some very nice assets in uh, San Fran going on the platform as well. Some Fun buildings in Manhattan and Brooklyn, uh, which are lined up for due diligence right now. I, heard, I, know, I was going to make a bad joke. I'm not going to do it. Uh, just make I, more, more. It was more self-deprecating because I live <laughs> in California. So, uh, but but Sanjay, uh, yeah. before before we head out, you know, you mentioned the the Roofstock NFT. Is that something we could uh, that's out there right now? We could all look yeah. at. So we, yeah, so we deployed our uh, smart contract to the mainnet and uh, the properties yeah. listed on OpenSea right now. Our, our own proprietary native marketplace uh, will be launching in a few weeks, uh, but people can go today, look at the property, make an offer on OpenSea. It is available. Um, I also uh, wanted to uh, say that we are looking in the next few weeks to create, um, based on the popularity of soul-bound tokens and account-bound tokens, like people that join our Discord and Twitter communities, we actually want to offer them a free real estate course. Um, and we'll, we'll do a sort of an account bond token drop. And then people who have that token will have access to a coupon code that makes this course free, which is otherwise it will have some dollar value attached to it. 
but we want to educate people about single family rentals uh, how to you know if you're new to this asset class how should you be thinking about buying properties how would you underwrite them you know all of that stuff um, like what should you be looking for in a property manager how do you select one how do you tenant it out so we're putting together a course right now that will offer to uh, folks um, that yeah. join our discord twitter so but i also just posted the uh, uh, on the chat the uh, link to the po app which uh, i'll send to you alon and mohsen so you guys will this is the first time we're doing this and again like you said earlier today i was bored over uh, the weekend and i just reached out to our lead uh, designer who's actually vacationing in new zealand and i was like hey can you help me put together a po app and she sent me the designs right. and i created the collection so that's so nice. cool thank you I, hey, I like i'm going to i'm going to say this uh roofstock is by far one of the industry leaders when it comes to single family home uh, investments um i i've been a user uh in my previous life along with a few friends uh they they've, they've been phenomenal and you know it, sanjay's a dear dear friend i i've been picking on him every now and then and that's all in jokes and i i know he knows that uh but but they're they're great so with their uh innovation within the single family space i i'm sure they have a lot more up their sleeve that that he's not talking about right now uh in in that's definitely going to be a, a good good segue into moving real estate from traditional transactions to to blockchain based transactions yeah and i love it and i know it and return the favor right like when i first got into web3 and blockchain um, I was you know, not fishing for a comment. I can assure you that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. I saw a lot of YouTube videos with Mohsen talking about real estate tokenization. He was one of the first guys I reached out to. Um, uh, him and Dave Hendricks, actually, um, who you also know, Alon. So yeah, you know, we're good friends. We obviously we bump into each other at every crypto conference. Uh, but yeah, it's it's been great. Um, you know, your friend. Thank you for your friendship, Mohsen, and. we've learned a lot from you and i think you know with cre you guys are trailblazing and i think you know keep up the great work so i think um uh what i was going to get at excuse me bless you um so uh what jim jim is asking us to talk about some some chubby penguins pudgy penguins um sanjay tell us tell us something about chub pudgy penguins but what i was going to say is you guys both have to come back soon um and uh, update us when you do launch um each of those products and things like that maybe we should have a round table i know that uh, a few of the the crowd like jim um uh uh you know uh brian i think that um i know uh david rankin also all have uh experience with um with real estate maybe we should do sort of a blockchain booze like real estate round table something every every month or two right like i think we should we should do that because we get down the uh pudgy penguin talk uh, a little too often lately because it's just what's happening right now in our space we're talking we're probably as much as obsessed as i am we're talking too much nfts guys we need to uh oh here we go jim is saying rankin jim mose mosen uh sanjay i i combined your names i said mose uh mosen and sanjay round table i like it jim let's do it uh one of you guys could take over as the host for me maybe uh or i can come here and i can just ask the dumb questions and learn which is important too um but guys one last thing before we go give us a uh um a link uh or a place to um uh oh somebody's asking me to post the links in the youtube chats as well um so yeah. Alan I'll post my the link to our first property on OpenSea here. I don't know how to get it to the audience. I got I po- I posted the uh, OpenSea link there but um uh accrue.co I know that is uh yep. is uh is one of the plugs but roofsock what's what's the URL for roofsock is onchain.roofsock.com. So I'll I'll onchain.roofsock.com. Uh I'm posting it right here. Uh, yeah so anyone who wants to get a hold of us accrue.co accrue.com accrue.us take your pick uh hey, you'll find us there soon you'll find us in the uk at accrue.uk and the uae at accrue.ae and wow. at other global destinations as well you have a lot, uh, lot of urls my friend i'm i'm just eat_sanjay at in twitter so reach out to me and i can hook you up with whatever you need Uh, but the url for our website is onchain.roofstock.com 
you can also open C and just look up Roofstock, um, and you'll find our first token there. It's a property in uh, Columbia, South Carolina. Yeah, find me on Twitter at, uh, at Mian Masud, M I A N M A S U D. I love it, guys. We're gonna have uh, we're gonna have you back. Oh man, if uh, uh, I don't even want to say this out loud, but Crispin, um, I mean, if you didn't already buy it or Mosin didn't already buy it, then Ben Ben is already in there buying it right now. I, I know what's going on right now. Oh, see, Ben's already laughing at it. Uh, I don't even. I'm not even gonna say it out loud. I'll, I'll tell Mosin in ten seconds when we end the broadcast. All right, everyone. Thank you so much. Blockchain booze number 124. I'll see you in the chat. Oh, it's taken already, David Jack, so I'll say it. Um, do you own a crew.eth, Mosin? Or is I, 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 I don't believe we do. Oh, man, somebody's squatting on it. Okay, community, <laughs> let's figure out who that is and see if we can steal it, steal it back or, or buy it back uh, in a friendly way. It, it's Ben for sure. Uh, it would make me so happy if it's Ben. There's one of the guys in the chat, uh, BB Studios, Ben, who he's a uh, world-class dot ETH uh, ENS uh, uh, domain hoarder, like like I am. Uh, but I don't do it with names like that. I do it with stupid crap that's completely unusable. Like, I just get dumb ideas. I'm like, I'm going to buy the domain. <laughs> um, but... Uh, Oh, see, um, awesome, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Please come back and we'll talk more. Both uh, Sanjay and Mosin will be at LA Blockchain Summit. So there's going to be some fun, uh, some, uh, uh, there's going to be some fun stuff going on there. There's definitely going to be real estate tokenization conversation there. And by November, there's going to be a lot more uh, traction and interesting things, even if just, uh, just with us, it's going to be great. Um, so, uh, Thank you so much, guys. And for everyone else, I'll see you later. Jump into the chat. Let's, uh, let's hang. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thank, Thank you, you so much for having us. Really appreciate it.